0: Alright, good morning everybody. I am, We're back again. I'm here with my favorite podcaster, Dr. Lynn Byers, who uh, if you have not heard her previous podcast with me on the Rhyme Framework, hit pause, go back and listen to that one first. So welcome Lynn. Hi. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. So we talked, last time we recorded, we talked about the Rime Framework, which is a developmental framework for describing learners through the process of medical school and residency. And what a useful framework I have found it to be to uh, give feedback to our learners, write down feedback to our learners, but probably more importantly, to understand where they are in the learning process. And we talked about how nice of a thing that is for us as leadership to have a shared mental model with our faculty so that all the comments are coming in, our attempts to be on this framework so that we have a better understanding of where our learners are and we can make better evaluative assessments of them for promotion through residency. Does that sound good? That's pretty much what we did. So. Hopefully you've listened to the podcast, and so I don't want to redo all of rhyme, but in case you need a little refresher, in case there's been a few weeks since the last time you listened, can you just give us a quick uh, like, hit of rhyme? Sure.
1: So um, RIME is R-I-M-E, which is Reporter, Interpreter, Manager, and Educator. And so this is a um, synthetic framework where you need to learn each of the steps um, and perform them and master them before you can really go on to master the step after that. So the reporter is somebody who can collect a full data set. Um, And they can reliably answer all of the what questions. So what is the patient complaining of? What other medical problems do they have? What uh, is the underlying disease process that's going on? Um, What medications, et cetera? The interpreter is somebody who can take that complete data set and start to make sense out of it. So they can prioritize the information that's in that data set and they can start to decide what it all means. Um, and so these are people who can answer why questions. So why is the potassium elevated? Why do they have chest pain? Why, you know, you can, this is the toddler phase. You know, you've got your, you've got your residents to toddler phase if they can answer all those and ask all those why questions. So prioritizing and, and starting to do some clinical reasoning. Um, The M is manager, and so those people um, can answer the how questions, you know, how am I going to uh, diagnose this patient, what tests do I need, Um, how am I going to manage this, Uh, and the sophisticated manager can start to incorporate the patient's perspective into that and sort of what their preferences are or what they can afford um, in addition to um, having appropriate management of a disease process. Uh, and then the educator is somebody who um, takes responsibility for their own education and starts to step out and educate their, um, those under them and their peers. Um, so this is somebody who goes uh, and reads the literature on uh, a patient problem that they saw so that they're refining their clinical practice going forward, um, or takes the time to um, teach somebody about the, the diagnostic steps that went into something. Um, And then uh, a sophisticated educator also
0: takes responsibility for educating the patient as well. Awesome. So I hope in the last few weeks you've had a chance to think of the framework when you've been working with learners and start to gain a little bit of familiarity with it. But today we really wanted to talk about how you would actually go about writing this down and how you would actually go about giving valuable feedback, you know, written feedback and we call it written feedback in four sentences or less. It really doesn't take a lot. I get a lot of very verbose feedback, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I love all the detail. I think it's really helpful, uh, but we're busy people, and so if you don't think, if you look at somebody that gives lengthy feedback and you think, I could never do that, you don't have to do that. So it can be really impactful and really um, positive, uh, effective feedback and be a lot shorter. So um, when we talk about the, the first step in this is understanding the Rhyme framework, which is why we did it, but step one is really performing direct observation. So you have to, and I love to, you know, this, you're in a clinic setting, and so your setting's a little different than ours, which is good, but, you know, for us, that is actually going into a room, maybe with an intern, or thinking about one specific uh, case that a resident presented to you, or one thing that they managed. So it's really about observing one situation rather than observing a whole shift. And how how does that equate to the clinic?
1: Um, well, so I think that even above and beyond what you just described for me, you don't even have to watch the entire encounter. You can describe what you saw in that encounter for the portion that you observed. Um, so in the clinic, you, we may go in and watch them take a history, or we may just listen to them do the presentation. We may go watch them uh, provide the counseling to the patient, or we may say, come show me how you did this physical exam maneuver um, so that I can see that you're you're doing um, the That you can actually say the things that you did about their physical exam. So there's lots of different opportunities to watch, um, but you have to see something in order to be able to say something intelligent Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, for you listening to a clinic, uh, you know, a a presentation of a clinical encounter, even if you didn't watch them, you can tell whether or not they're a reporter. Mm -hmm. If you're saying, oh, I know exactly what they're going to tell me, the problem is here because the the information that they have chosen to present to you makes you think, I know exactly what this is. And when you're left at the end of that presentation going, I have no idea what's going on with this patient, it's probably because they didn't have a complete data set. Mm-hmm. And that might be because they're an incomplete reporter, or it might be that the patient is that complex that is really kind of developmentally past where the resident is at that time.
0: Or I, I will throw in one other, because we've had this issue in the past where somebody's mm-hmm. actually collecting all the appropriate data but they kind of lack that interpersonal communication back to the attending. And so, um, so it could be purely a communication issue and has nothing to do, a different skill set entirely than a clinical skill set.
1: Right, um, but, you, but you would still make comments there
0: on their ability to report. A hundred percent. Okay. So step one is performing direct observation about, you know, hopefully one or two cases. And step two is to describe the observation. And for that, I think describing some of the setting, this is almost like an HPI, you know, describing the setting, this was a busy uh, critical care shift. And I saw a very complicated CHF patient with the resident versus Um, We were in a different clinical area that tends to be lower acuity, and we saw a not complicated COPD COPD that was totally stable.
1: Right. Um, So, and that information is helpful because when you go on to talk about what the resident needs to do to address whatever deficiency you come up with and what is kind of the next developmental step for them in management of that patient, you may be identifying that there is a knowledge gap in, you know, complicated CHF where they have sepsis down pat, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to perform the same way with every disease process, and knowing what that disease process is is going to help you tailor your advice to them on how to improve.
0: Super helpful. So then you know the step 3 that we talk about is understanding the developmental framework which is rhyme which we've talked a lot about and again if you don't have a good handle this is a good time to kind of pause it go back to the previous podcast or listen to our recap of it so understanding what you're seeing and what you're describing based around that developmental framework is really key and then the third step is really or I'm sorry the fourth step is really just to write it down And the way that we have talked about writing it down is – it's like a rehash. You're going to think I'm saying the same thing over and over because I kind of am. But number one, do the direct observation. Number two, write down the scenario. Maybe you can do that in one sentence. Number three, describe the developmental framework you see. So this person is um, a reporter. This person is moving into being a solid interpreter. This, in this case, they were a, a solid manager. Mm-hmm.
1: And you um, don't necessarily have to come down hard and saying all they could do is report, but you could say, you know, they had all of their information, but they couldn't really organize it very well. But in the end, they had everything they needed um, and were able to come up with a, a, a correct differential diagnosis for this patient. Um, and so they had some places they could work on in their reporting, um, but they were able to interpret, right? Um, and so describing really what you saw is gonna be very helpful, again, for the program leadership to decide, like, this is a pattern, this is a one-off. Um, so so say what you saw and just think nothing one more the, than that. One of the things
0: I'm curious about, because you, you had the benefit of getting a lot of uh, feedback that was you know, starting to be in this realm and written this way is, did you? Was it helpful when people said to you, um, this medical student is a reporter and moving into being an interpreter? Or was it, because I, I would think, especially as our faculty are getting used to this, I might say, well, do you remember what a reporter is? So is it useful for them to use that language? Or is it more useful for them to kind of describe this scenario in which they were in?
1: Um, so just like you wouldn't trust a medical student to say the exam is normal, you don't really, um, as faculty, want to take all the detail out and just anchor on words. So uh, yes, describe what you saw, and if you are using words of, you know, has a full data set, all those things mean that they're a reporter, but you should, there's multiple things that go into that, so you should feel free to describe what you're seeing. Um, And Yes. In my time of doing this, I, when people seemed to be describing, you know, describing scenarios and calling it management when it really didn't sound like much past advanced reporter level, I, I would push them on it mm-hmm. and say, well, you know, typically we say that a manager can do these things. I didn't really hear you describe any of those things to me. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what you did see that, that makes you think that they're a manager? I'm not going to tell them that they're wrong. I'm right. just going to push them for the detail that anchors that. Right.
0: And we're all learning. This is mm-hmm. all new. Yeah.
1: And so, it certainly takes more than one pass through the podcast. 100%. To, to get it, right? So, <laughs> so you learn the words, and then you go out and you watch a little bit, and you're like, oh, maybe that's what I saw. Maybe it wasn't. And, and yeah. it's going to be a lot of talking as a group of, like, was this management or was this just advanced interpretation? You know, mm-hmm. And and nailing that down um, is going to take time and practice.
0: And even myself, I've been doing this for a while and I still kind of have to refresh myself. So so that was the third step is kind of uh, literally writing down what you think you saw from both the scenario or the, the case situation and their ability to get their way through it. And you can start to pepper in, ideally it's on the framework, you don't necessarily have to use the framework words um, but you can start to if you want to and then the last piece so the four sentences is the conclusion Mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard because it's a little bit visual but we talk a little bit about a starfish of um when you're concluding you can kind of this is where you're kind of giving the resident the next steps to move on to the next level so I always think of it as I want you to keep doing this because you're doing it well and you're just going to grow I want you to do more of that I want you to do less of something so I whatever that happens to be. Um, Or I want you to stop doing this altogether because it's not helpful. Or I want you to start doing. So I want you to start taking more ownership over sick patients and trying to work your way through their differential or something something to that effect so we it's um i can send it out to everybody too but it's on a starfish and it it really just says keep doing more of less of stop doing and start doing and that you don't have to use that framework i just find it visually useful but this is really for the resident to this is where you put your actionable items of what they could do tomorrow to keep moving along the developmental framework
1: Right, and for you as the person writing the comment, you really need to think about what did you describe when you said, what did you see, right? Because if somebody um, struggles to have a complete data set in a critically ill patient, telling them that they need to practice management of, uh, you know, cardiogenic shock is not relevant. What they need to do is recognize cardiogenic shock, and so the thing that they should start doing is understanding the pathophysiology, not learning the management of it.
0: Yeah, very fair, good. I think it's relatively simple. I think it can be as lengthy or not lengthy as you want it to be. I think at this stage of the game for people that are brand new to this, you know, as lengthy as you want to make it. And then just like a history and physical, we can start paring it down later. Um, But I also recognize that sometimes that takes time. Um, One of the ways that I have found it easier for me to do this is I do this when I sign residence notes. So that way, at the end of the shift, again, and we've talked about this, I personally have a hard time, even though I'm a huge proponent of immediate feedback, I have a really hard time at the end of a shift putting all my thoughts together and really thinking about um, giving the resident meaningful feedback. I just really don't have the bandwidth. And so when I sign their charts a few days later, that's when I pick out one or two cases and I type an email or I put it into our feedback form. So that's when I do it. That being said, you can our forms are easily written for a direct observation in the moment. We've tried to make them really simple. Uh, but in that narrative piece, I would love it if people could start doing this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, and that's a, another good point is if you're doing this while you're signing notes, that's another direct observation. The the resident isn't there anymore, but their ability to convey the data set is there in the note. And if they can collect the full data set, but they cannot write it down, there's somebody that's struggling to report in written documentation. Um, or if they cannot show their clinical reasoning of, of what they were considering, whatnot, then, then somebody's struggling to be an interpreter in the Mm -hmm. written documentation. So again, it's another place where you can say, I observed this. Uh, They did fine with the patient, but they can't write it down in any sort of way that would um, convey the situation to the next physician that sees them or stand up in a medical legal standpoint.
0: Yeah. All right. Awesome. Is there anything else to say about that? That one's very simple once you kind of understand the framework deceptively simple. Deceptively simple. It's not that simple. This podcast is simple. (laughs) Actually doing it is not so simple as we both know very well. So I am really interested for people to start trying this. We're really interested in people's comments and we want to start having conversations around these things. And I would say if you're at our institution and you're not totally sure you know you're in a situation where you're trying to write comments and you've got questions give us a call give me a call and we'll talk through it together i think that's tremendously valuable if you're not at our institution uh you can still call me uh but you can also find the person at your institution that might have a little bit more familiarity and a little bit more experience because i find that tremendously helpful to kind of start to talk through things so i think that's it on narrative comments using rhyme so with that your second podcast is in the books. Yeah, I'm starting you're, to
1: feel like an old pro.
0: You're going to be a regular on the on the podcast that 12 people listen to. So, all right everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much and we'll we'll be back later.